Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett. My passion for football and pushing boundaries has helped me to create a successful business using the same performance building principles of the world's best players. Through my Move the Ball book, workshops, and consulting work, I've used the same system to help thousands of people to think and execute like a pro athlete when it comes to business and branding. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize those tools and strategies to elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. So get ready. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey, everyone. It's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. I'm glad that you are here with us today. As you all know, on this podcast, we talk about business, branding, sports, and of course, how to move the ball. Two things before we get into today's episode, I say this every show, if you have not already done so, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And secondly, many of you know that we recently launched the Move the Ball merchandise store, but some of you may not know that we recently added some new swag. So there's a link in the show notes. Go check it out. Get yourself some merch and rock that you're a part of the Move the Ball movement. Okay. For today's episode, I've got an exciting and super accomplished guest with us inside the huddle today and ready to talk about her experience and what she does to move the ball is Gina Rivera. Gina, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm so glad to have you here. It's really a pleasure to have you on. I know you're super busy, so I appreciate you carving out some time. Let me just share a little bit about your bio with our listeners. Gina is a well-known icon in the world of beauty, and she is the founder of Phoenix Salon Suite, which became the fastest growing salon suite company in the beauty industry and the only one to ever be named to Entrepreneur Magazine's top 500 franchise list. The company currently has 350 locations nationwide, as well as they have international expansion occurring right now in the UK as well as throughout Europe. And Gina has done so many things I could go on and on, but included amongst her list of accomplishments is she was also featured on the Emmy Award-winning Undercover Boss show. We will talk about that and so many more things on today's episode. All right, Gina, are you ready to move the ball? I am. Let's go. All right. Kick <laughs> <Take> it off. <laughs> Well, thank you so much again for being here. I really love your energy. I mean, you're just one of those people that radiate positive vibes. And I think that's so important in being successful and just being a positive influence on others. So where I want to start things off is just walk us through, when you've been a stylist, walk us through, how did you decide to start the Phoenix Salon Suites? So I grew up in the salon industry. I started sweeping hair in my parents' salon since I was seven years old. I was even shampooing hair. And I can remember going to hair shows and sitting in the front row with my parents and because my parents were stylists and, you know, my feet didn't even hit the ground and, you know, hair was flying and music was blaring and cheers were shining and just all the energy and excitement. I knew early on that it was in my DNA and I wanted to be in every part of it that I could be. And now having 27 hairdressers in the family, (laughs) I just really just embraced the industry and loved it just early on as a little girl. And when did you get that event or what what hit you? There's like, you know what, I'm going to start these, this salon suite concept. Back in 2003, I got pregnant with my son, Phoenix, who is the namesake of the company. And I, at the time, was renting a booth in just a normal salon. 
And I went into labor with my son, Phoenix, three and a half weeks early. And so every Saturday you had to pay your rent. Well, that Saturday, because I went into labor, I was not there to pay my rent. I was in the hospital. I had just given birth to my son and the owner called and she said, Hey, Jason, you know, where's Gina? Is she okay? She's not here today. And he said, well, she just had our son Phoenix a couple hours ago. She said, congratulations. But if she wants to keep her booth, then you got to run down a rent check in the next hour. I'm getting ready to leave. And it was really then that I was like, you know, Jason, I'm done. I am so tired of this industry being about the owner and not having empathy for the salon professional and what we go through and things that come up and I'm not going back. And so I didn't go back. When Phoenix was six weeks old, I went and bought my very first salon. And I thought I was nuts because here I didn't even know how to feed this baby. And here I'm buying a salon. And I purchased that salon in 2003 when Phoenix was six weeks early. It was just, again, a normal open concept salon. You know, I had six booths there. And being behind the chair, I just over time found it really challenging to be behind the chair because I was still doing hair and managing the professionals. And I was just being pulled in every direction. And after a while, I thought, you know, I'm just going to sell because it's just too hard. I want to do hair and focus on my clients. Well, a couple doors up in the strip mall that I had my salon in, there was this space, this old bike shop that went out of business and had quite a bit of space in there. And I passed by there and I was like, you know, I remembered when I was a little girl, my mother had worked into us in a salon and she had this little room in the back of that salon. And when I was little, I used to go into her room and play like it was my salon and, you know, imaginary decorated my mind. And I was like, you know, I remember how my mom used to work. So I ran home. And here, Jason, my husband thought I was getting ready to sell. And I'm like, well, I just signed a lease on this space, two doors up. And I went to build these little rooms for these stylists. I remembered how my mom worked. And then that way they can have their own business. They can leave me alone. And he said, Gina, that's the dumbest idea. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I said, no, you don't tell an Italian hairdresser. (laughs) That's a dumb idea. So that's when I built my very first Phoenix Salon Suites. It was in 2007. I opened it with 22 suites. And before I was open, I think I had about two more months before I was open, I had a wait list a mile long. And I knew I was like, okay, this is a great concept and just so rewarding for me that these lifestyle professionals were getting the you know, the ability to own their own business and be entrepreneurs and they didn't have to answer to an owner. It could be theirs. And so 2007, I opened up my very first and a couple years later, down in 2008, I went down the street two miles and opened up my second location. And that was challenging because I opened it right when the 2008 housing crisis had hit. So that was a big bump in the road, but it was then that I got it open during that time. I got it. It was very successful. And I thought, you know, where this concept is so, as I knew growing up, just recession resistant, and it's just going to take off. And so in 2012, I decided to franchise. And so that is where we are today. We are at 350 locations and just expanded internationally. 
love the story. I love the event that really led to, I think we all as entrepreneurs have some event, something happened, right? There was a moment where we're like, I'm going to go do this now because of something that happened. And so I think it's a great story. Now that first year of being an entrepreneur, everyone that has been in the entrepreneurial road knows it's not an easy one. They're, the highs are high, the lows are very low. And so can you walk us through some of the challenges you really face as an entrepreneur that first year? Well, a lot. And I, you know, my advice is I kind of sum it up. You know, you just got to be a fighter. And I was always a fighter growing up. I was very, uh, when I was young, I was very rebellious. I was a nightmare to raise. I actually dropped out of high school when I was 17 years old, moved to Arizona without even telling my parents. <laughs> so I always had this kind of rebellion fighter path and I was always on to the next thing. And so I think it's really important you know, every business in, in anything you do, whether it's business, sports, you know, kids, whatever school, whatever it is, it's just, it's always a process and it's a learning experience. And I had to really learn to embrace the process because you are going to have times where you fail and you have to get back up again and you have to be willing to persevere and, and, you know, not let when challenging times hit. I know when the 2008 you know, crisis hit and here I'm building a ground up, you know, Phoenix location. And I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing? I'm not going to be able to do this. And you start to panic and you start to create self-doubt and you start to second guess yourself. And, you know, being an entrepreneur, as you said, you know, it's not easy and you got to be a fighter and and you got to persevere and and you got to keep moving the ball. I, you know, you can't give up when you want to. And there are plenty of times when I did, trust me, I went to throw on the towel for sure. And when you look back at those times, is there one that really stuck out at you? Like there was a big moment like, oh my gosh, you know what? Maybe it's time to hang this up. It's been a good ride so far, but I don't know if I can do this. Like, has there been a moment like that for you? And if so, how did you, I mean, it's easy for people to say, you just keep fighting, just keep going. But how did you really like get out of that state and say, all right, I'm, I believe in this dream and I'm going to continue to press forward. I believe I, I go back to the 2008 housing crisis because that was a scary time because I didn't have a lot to begin with. I didn't have anything, you know, and so I was just living, you know, day by day and, and month by month, you know, financially. And, you know, when that hit and it was a scary time because I was losing lines of credit, you know, banks were closing down. I mean, it was a scary time. And here I had this building going up and I had all these lifestyle professionals that were depending on me to get this location open so they could work. And I, it was just really a scary time, but I just had to just stop and take a deep breath and go back to my passion and how much I loved it and how much I wanted to fight for these lifestyle professionals to be able to open a location to get them, you know, so they could go to work and, and, you know, provide for their families. And, you know, I had support, Jason, my husband was wonderful. He, you know, had his own marketing business and he was very well versed in the franchise world. And so he was my, you know, voice of reason. And, you know, when I would be down, he would be up and when he was down, I would come up. So we made a really good team during that. But, you know, I just had to stop, reassess, you know, set different goals, different priorities. I had to dig deep. I had to go back kind of to the drawing board, so to speak, and just really chip away at little things about, you know, finding a bank that would give me that little loan or, you know, just really having to kind of reset. I do a lot of coaching and consulting work with entrepreneurs, I see a lot of different personalities. And when you look at 
you know, people that you come across in your industry that, and, and just in yourself and other successful entrepreneurs in your mind, like, what do you think are really obviously being a fighter is important, right? And having that tenacity, but what else do you think are important attributes to being a successful entrepreneur? Love what you do. Just get your passion. You know, your passion is everything. You know, I always say talent only gets you so far, but it's your drive and it's your passion and it's whatever that was. And going back to when I was a little girl, you know, just sitting in there and and being in that hair show and, you know, the littlest things, that music playing and that hair flying and, you know, whatever it was, you know, what whatever, if it was a smell or if it was a, a person or a place that you know, got you to where you are today. It's those times when I wanted to give up that I had to go back and just remember that smell of that perm and remember that music and remember why I was doing what I was doing and to begin with. Well, I I like that you mentioned that because you're right. I mean, talent will only get you so far, but when you're doing something that you're passionate about, when you face those times of adversity or those moments when you want to give up, you come back to those things and that's what keeps you wanting to push and fighting to continue forward. Absolutely. So let's take a few minutes and talk about the show Undercover Boss. I've seen your episode. Um, I think it was fantastic. Some of the people that you got to interact with at the show included in the segment. And so what was that experience like for you? You're giving me a heart. <laughs> I did not want to do it. I went and did that show kicking and screaming. When Undercover Boss approached us um, several years back, I was at work and I was behind the chair. I was content in my life. I had was building my business. I, you know, had the salons going. My kids were in Pop Warner football. I mean, everything. There was not one thing in my life I wanted to change. I was perfectly content. And when Undercover Boss approached us, it was quite funny because a number one, I had never really watched the show because I was busy, you know, working and kids. And and two, I never had any aspirations whatsoever to be on TV. And my husband called and said, Hey, undercover boss is, you know, interested in featuring Phoenix Salon in one of their episodes. And I was just like, yeah, whatever. Well, that kind of progressed over the next few weeks, you know, over that time, the next couple of weeks, they were came into Colorado Springs and sat down and here I was sitting in this interview, me and my husband in front of these producers. And I'm just like, so irritated because I didn't want to do it. I had to cancel my day to be there. I was so uncomfortable behind the camera. I could just wanted to crawl out of my skin. And it was so, the interview was so bad that I thought, oh my God, I nailed it, man. Now they won't pick us because I did so horrible. <laughs> well, Lord had other plans. And a couple of weeks later, got a phone call at work. They said they want to feature us. And I got kind of excited because I thought they wanted Jason, my husband. And he said, no, they want you. And I hung up the phone on him and said, I'm not doing it. And as that undercover boss train started hauling to my little old house in Colorado Springs, Colorado, going 100 miles an hour, it was not stopping. I was miserable to the point where I made myself sick. Like I did not, I cried 24 seven. I did not want to do it at all. It was, I was so uncomfortable and so out of my box. And I'm like, why is this happening? This is dumb. Like, I, this is dumb. I need to be at work. And one night I just got on my knees and I was just like, Lord, you got to take this from me because I don't want to do it. You know, there's a million people out there that their whole aspirations in their life wanted to be on TV and, and wanted to be in movies and go get them because I don't want to do it. I'm miserable. I don't want to leave my family. 
And, you know, he spoke and he said, Gina, this isn't about you. This has nothing to do with you. This has everything to do with me sending you to do something for me. And I was like, okay, I'll go. I don't want to, but I'll go. And before I knew it, as miserable as I was, I had 38 producers, strangers in my house, taking over my house. Before I knew it, I was putting in contacts. They didn't even wear contacts at the time. I, you know, have this short blonde hair and I was being put in this long, dark haired wig. And I thought, oh my God, I'm going into salons and they're going to notice I have a wig on. I was panicked and I was panicked and I was a wreck. I'm surprised I didn't like break out in shingles or something. I mean, that was how like upset I was. And I was so nervous and I got on an airplane. I traveled 8,000 miles in six days. I had no idea where I was going to be, what I was going to be doing here with these complete strangers. I'd never been away from my boys. I'd never really been away from Jason. And I was so lonely. And I, you know, during that experience, though, my gosh, I just look back and I think, oh my gosh, what if I wouldn't have done it? All the things I would have missed. And It scares me to think that if I would have passed up that opportunity because it became so much more than TV. I got into my salons. I got firsthand lesson, what I could do better as a leader, how I could make my locations better. I met some of the most amazing lifestyle professionals that had suffered such adversity in their lives. I mean, and that have just through their grief and their bitterness and their anger into their passion and and how inspirational that was to me. And they ended up being much more of a blessing to my life than I could have ever been to theirs. And I would have walked, you know, missed out on one of the most amazing walks with the Lord that I had to fully depend on him because I was in a lonely, dark time during that show when Like I said, it just, I look back and I think, oh my God, the things that I would have missed if I would have just stayed in my little box. And that sparked a public speaking tour that I do called Color Your Life. And basically color, I spell C-O-L-O-U-R. And each letter is something that was significant or instrumental in my journey from dropping out of high school to where I am today. And I talk about one of the things about getting out of your box. And that was one of the things that I learned. And how to just lose your fear and get out of the box. And as scary as it is, you do it, you go for it, you look back and it's not as scary, you know, and it it prompted so many things and opened up so many opportunities for my lifestyle professionals to be a part of some of the events that sparked from that show, you know, the Grammys, Coachella, NBA All-Star, things like that, that my lifestyle professionals have gotten to be a part of. And so through it all, it was such a blessing. It's a it's a big story for me because I was out of my box and I was uncomfortable and walked in fear forever and just what a blessing it it it, it was. Well, I lo- I love the story because I truly believe that everything that's presented to us, the things that feel good, the things that don't feel good, are there to help shape us for a reason, right? And so the experience that you went through, you obviously weren't looking forward to going on the show, and so just the opportunities, but the growth that you've got to experience and the people that you got to meet along the way is just incredible. Oh, it was amazing. Like I said, I mean, it was just ended up being just such a blessing in so many ways and beyond TV, you know? So 
it was wonderful. And I'm actually very close to all of the lifestyle professionals that were on that show still. Richie's part of my art team. And so just built some beautiful relationships through it. For sure. I mean, that's what life is about too, is building great relationships with amazing people. And you never know how you connect with them when and where, but uh, the journey that I've been on, has just been incredible. The people that I've met the last couple of years didn't know where the road would take me. Kind of just, you know, said that I'm going in on faith and here we go. And it's been incredible. It's been challenging, very challenging too. Lots of headaches, but it's also been an incredible ride. Now, there's something else that I wanted to ask you about, because you and I both share something in common that we both lost a parent who had and that experience has definitely shaped who we are today and our path. Can you, you, you lost your mom a number of years ago. Can you talk about what that experience was like for you? So I was extremely close with my mother. She was my best friend. And when I was creating my very first Phoenix, she was very much a part of that. We sat down and, and we picked out paint colors together and equipment and just everything about the salon and um, about my first location. And she had her stamp on everything. And I was like, gosh, we were just in this great time and we were building, I was building my dream and she was part of it. And I could walk in my location and smell her perfume. I mean, it was just, we were doing it together. And I was at work one day and it was right before Thanksgiving in 2008. And she had called me because she was watching my boys while I was at work that day and my husband. And she said, Gina, Hey, you know, I can come get the boys. I'm not feeling that good. I I've pulled my back, you know, playing with them, whatever I said, sure. And went ahead. My husband picked up my boys. My dad took her to the emergency room. And gosh, that night, I'll never forget. I got off work because it was right before the holidays. It was like 10 o'clock at night. And I came home and um, my dad had called and he said, it's not good and you need to come. And I was like, okay. And I got in the car and I went to the hospital. And it was then that we were told that my mother um, had stage four pancreatic cancer and that she was going to lose her life. And that sucked the wind out of my sails because, you know, I here I was with my best friend doing building my dream with her and she was so healthy. And again, I was like, God, why are you doing this? You know, she's my life. This isn't fair. And I got really bitter and I went to bed and I didn't get up and for days and I threw in the towel and I was so bitter and angry and struck with grief and I didn't care about anybody. I mean, I didn't know if my kids were getting fed. I just completely shut down and they had, my parents had moved in to our home so we could help take care of her during that time. And it was after about four days and my husband said, Gina, you've been in here for four days. You haven't eaten a thing. And I was like, I didn't care. You know, everything around me was falling apart. I didn't care about my salons. And I went downstairs one night before she died. And my mother was laying on the couch and all 80, 80 pounds of her at this time. And she had kind of been going in and out of coma at this time. So it was getting close. And I sat down on the couch with her and I just broke down. And she, I'll never forget, she got her 80 pounds sat straight up and she got a hold of me and she looked at me and she pointed that little finger in my face and she said, get up, get up. 
Do not let this stop you from doing all the good that you've been doing. She said, Gina, I know this hurts and I know it sucks, but this isn't about you. You've got to get up. You've got to go and be there for those salon professionals. You can't give up on everyone around you, your kids, your husband. Don't let this stop you. And you know, I hear those words all the time because look at how many of us, we want to give up and we are all struck with, we all have our cross to bear, whether it's sickness, death, drugs, suicide. I mean, we all unfortunately don't get a pass on that. And you know, I live by her words and, you know, some days it's a real bitch, but you got to get up. And it threw me back into back in undercover boss. When I went and I visited these, you know, were with these lifestyle professionals, like I said, that threw so much of their pain and their grief and their bitterness and their anger. And they were, man, they were going, they were throwing it into their passion and, and they were thriving. And I, you know, was just so grateful in that aspect for the show, because it was a quick reminder that, you know, it was time to go and you got to get up and it's not always easy. <laughs> well, as I'm listening to you and I know that was very hard for you, so I appreciate you sharing your story. Um, you know, something for me and I, I've never shared this on the show. I mean, people know my dad had passed away. They know he's passed away unexpectedly, but at his funeral in his coffin, I put a copy of my move the ball book and I said, we're going to keep moving the ball. Not knowing that was before I was an entrepreneur, right? I didn't know where I was going to go. And so now like my dad's passing the way it did was such an important part of who I became and the journey I've been on. But I think about, I talk about showing up, the importance of showing up every day, right? You have, you have to keep going. And people will ask me, you know, how did you build this brand, getting to work with, you know, some of the best athletes in the world. And it's like, I showed up every day. That's how. I don't have a magical formula, but I can tell you I showed up and I did everything that I was supposed to do each day. And some things worked. Did a lot of things not work? Yep. But I made sure to show up and figure it out and continue to pivot and, and you know, just kind of embrace whatever life threw at you and you keep going. One foot in front of the other. Little by little, just get up. Right. Absolutely. And you mentioned that you've done some speaking events in the past. One of the things I know you've spoken to a lot of beauty professionals, but also You've spoken to some military service members. My listeners know that I'm still serving in the Army National Guard. I'm an oh, Army lawyer. Thank you for your service. Thank you. I appreciate you know that you you making an impact in that community as well. As you look to you kind of what's coming up for you, do you have a bunch of speaking events lined up, or what are some of the things on the horizon for you? It's so funny how I go back to you know the opportunities and like undercover boss and how just things that you don't think opportunities open so many doors and things organically grew out of that and as you said i speak to i my passion is i love to speak to beauty schools um around the country and talk about my story about coloring my life and Again, I got the honor and privilege to, it was one of the highlights of my life to speak on the USS John P. Murtha. I was the first civilian that got to actually speak to over 500 servicemen and women. And that was just such an honor and so humbling. And I just felt so blessed by that. That is amazing. I'm continuing to speak across the country at conventions and, and what have you. And now it's really fun because we're getting back in person and but I actually did them through COVID virtually, and it was really a lot of fun, you know, a way to keep us all connected. But yeah, a lot of things have just sparked from that. I 
actually launched my professional color line literally the week before COVID hit. So <laughs> talk about timing. <laughs> but it was it was amazing. And I went ahead and launched my line, color professional color line that I have that we actually did really well during COVID. I, I have an art, international art artistic team that goes around the country and they teach classes, color cutting classes, coloring classes, weaving, what have you. And we went virtually online and it was really fun. We did a live Facebook every Monday where all the lifestyle professionals across the country could get online for 30 minutes and we all had swatches and we're coloring hair in our kitchen and you know staying together. So that was really a lot of fun. So I launched my color line. I as well wrote a book. Again, something I did not want to do. It's called A Mirror and a Prayer. Again, just kind of my life story. So that was that was funny because again, the last thing I dropped out of high school. I was not a writer. <laughs> I hated to write. <laughs> I went back and finished though at 21. I actually went back to the classroom, sat in the classroom with students at 21 years old and got my diploma. <laughs> but yes, so that organically grew. Of course, you know, we're, we're continuing to, you know, build more and more locations. We just expanded internationally with our Phoenix Salon Suites. The most exciting thing that I have, I should say the most newest exciting thing that I have embarked on is I love makeup. And so I actually have started my own makeup line and I'm going to be starting with my lip portfolio. So it will be all lipsticks and accents. So that's been really fun. I've always loved makeup and and so it's kind of fun to embark on that. So lots of lots of things going on. And these products are they just through your website? Do you have are you partnering with different distributors and other retail outlets or where can people get them? So my color line is distributed professionally so through distribution. Um so I have distribution in over 30 states, 33 distributors, I'm sorry that are distributing my professional color line because that's only sold to, you know, the professional world. My book, you can find it on Amazon, A Mirror and a Prayer. My makeup line, I'm not, I'm, I haven't quite launched yet. So I will keep you informed and keep you posted as that's evolving. And then of course, you can always go on the Phoenix Salon Suites website and to get information, see what we're doing, where we're opening, what have you. Perfect. And when it came to international expansion, what was that like for you to see your concept going abroad? That was so amazing to me. I get the chills when I talk about it still because it's so funny in our industry. It was like when the Europeans would come over to America and they would teach us their techniques and everything and their accents. As a little girl, I was just like, oh my gosh, I... I I want to be them. Like, I want to go to Europe. I want to, you know, have an accent. I mean, they were just like our mentors. They were just the be all. And so as a little girl and, and wanting to be them, and then here I'm opening over internationally, our very first location opened in the UK about three months ago. I'm just like, wow. I mean, I'm just going back to that little girl inside of me that wanted to be just like them. them and I'm like, okay, I'm there now. <laughs> so I feel like I made it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, congratulations yeah. on the expansion. I'm excited and I, about it. I'm sure there's going to be many, many more locations popping up in the near future as well. So Gina, what I want to do now is I want to run you through my two-minute drill and ask you some fun questions. Are you ready? 
Okay. Yes. All right. My first question, which I think I might know the answer to is, but when you were 10 years old, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a cosmetologist. I wanted to do hair. Okay. What three words would you use to describe yourself? Independent, a fighter, and caring. Love it. What is one thing that most people don't know about you? I love vodka. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And I love vodka so much. I love it so much (laughs) that I'm actually launching my own luxury vodka line, the Priest James Vodka. That's going to be hitting the market very soon as well. So very cool. Very cool. Next question is if you had one intro song that could be played at all of your public appearances, what would that one song be? It is There's No Stopping Us. And it's from the, I don't know if you guys, I'm sure you're too young to remember, but it's the soundtrack from Breaking. Breaking. Do you remember Breaking? I do not. (laughs) not. (laughs) Anyways, it's a great song. Okay. (laughs) Next question is what book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to? Book I'm reading is the Bible. I, I get up and that's the first thing I do every morning. I spend time with the Lord and the Bible and my devotions. It's the very first thing I do before I do anything. Podcast, I've been listening to a lot of Joe Rogan. Okay. Yep. Yep. We Joe always has some great opinions and things yes, to say. I, I live in a sports world over here. So <laughs> got it. Next question is you're hosting a dinner party. And you can invite three famous people, living or deceased. Who would you choose and why? Marilyn Monroe. Oh, good I just, her everything, her class, her beauty, her life. I just, I want to sit down with her and I want to know more. I feel like there is a lot back there. (laughs) Marilyn Monroe, Rafael Nadal. I just, I am a huge, I play tennis. I'm a huge tennis fan. I just love him. You know, I love his competitiveness. I love how he does not take a point off, no matter if he's losing or winning. And I think I apply that to my life. And and he's an inspiration to me beyond tennis because his intensity and just, you know, his fight and just, I love his, just, he throws everything into every single point. And, and even though it's tennis, it's, I think I, I I can learn from that so much in just life and anything don't just throw everything you have into what you're the present, you know, what you're doing. And then lastly, Dana White, UFC. Yeah. Dana White. I am, I admire him and what the UFC's done and he's just a great inspiration and, and I love what they're doing. For sure. Three great choices. So my last question is, do you sing in the shower? Oh, no, but I'll tell you what, I sing in my car and I'm a horrible singer. And that is one thing that when I do get to heaven, I'm going to ask the Lord why he didn't make me a singer because I wanted to be a singer so bad. And I'm horrible, but I love to sing, but I do not sing in the shower. I sing in my car. Okay. And half the times I don't know all the words. So I'm one of those. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I make up my own words, but I still sing. (laughs) So as we look to close the show, any last thoughts for our listeners? You know, just stay core to your passion, you know, love what you do. And as we all know, in in anything in life, you know, it's a process and, you know, being able to stay open and learn to love the process. I think the biggest thing for me is to always remain humble, you know, no matter what stage you are in the game, if you're, you know, just out of school or you're just getting started with your life and it's the first quarter or you've reached 
your goal and success and you're in the fourth quarter, always remain humble, always be open to learn and, and to learn new things and never close yourself off. Even when you hit your goals, you know, push yourself further. And, and I think that is a big thing for me is to always be willing to learn no matter what stage you are in the game. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, be, I believe that we should always be learning every single day. That doesn't have to be formal education or a class, right? It's just taking from experiences and looking at how you can learn from other people, your interactions with others, and just as you go through life. Yep. Absolutely. 100%. So Gina, let people know where are you at on social media so they can follow you on your journey? Yes. So my Instagram handle is at beauty expert Gina. Uh, you can find me on Instagram there. You can find me on Facebook, Gina Rivera. I have a public page on the Facebook. Uh, you can obviously find me at www.phoenixsalonsuites.com. We have our website. Again, as you mentioned, Gina Cares. So I have the Gina Cares website that you can also go on. And you can always also email me. <laughs> I'm an open book. I love, I love, I have students, I have people message me all the time and I love answering and responding and keeping in touch with everyone. So yeah, that's where you can find me. Perfect. We will have all of those links in the show notes so people can find you and follow you on your journey. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much, Jen, for having me. <laughs> it's been awesome having you on. I love, like I said, I love your positivity and your positive energy. So keep that going and those smiles coming. And thanks to everyone for listening to today's episode. Once again, if you have not already done so, hit that subscribe button and also share the episode with a friend or two or three. It's one way that you can help me to move the ball. Go check out the links in the show notes. We've got Gina's links. We've got the merchandise store link. We've got all kinds of stuff in the notes. So check that out and we will talk to you on the next episode. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball in your business, with your brand or your career, check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.